Boozed and Confused is a comedy and weird topic podcast. Adult language may be used probably by me. While our episode topics may be educational in nature, we are not responsible if your children start dropping the F-bomb to their kindergarten class. Listener discretion is advised. everybody what's up i'm carol ann it's matt and i'm sick of snow i'm sick of snow i'm sick of owning a house and i'm sick of living in chicago chicago i love you so much but also i don't think there's anywhere else i'd rather live let's go to texas no 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 i don't think anyone in the u.s is having a good time right now you know what let's go to cabo but (laughs) no it's not cabo it's cancun but we have to blame our daughters first. Yeah, my stupid cat <laughs> wanted to go to Cancun or Cabo or one of those two places. So I, being a good cat dad, um, helped yeah. fly with them a, down. With a full suitcase. And immediately turned around. Yeah. yeah. What if I peed my pants? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what the suitcase is for. It's for me peeing my pants. Yeah. All right. Well, this is Booze and Confused. If you are coming back because for some reason you like us welcome back. what's wrong with you welcome back what's wrong with you if this is your first time buckle up what are you doing here um, buckle up buckaroo yeah i'm drinking coffee i it's it's six o'clock on a sunday um this coffee has something in it what is it uh appalachian sipping no, cream like from sugarland Sh- sugarland distilling we got this so pecan. long ago yeah. and it is so tasty mm-hmm. um typical tourist trap you know, on a stretch kind of place. Uh, they sell moonshine, you know, whoosh, whoosh, moonshine. moonshine. It's not made in somebody's bathtub, it's not, so it's not moonshine. It's not in someone's bathtub, so it's not real moonshine. The risk of me going blind is uh, nil. So One of my work buddies knows a guy who knows a guy who makes moonshine in a bathtub, and he gave me a sip, and that, it was something different. Way different than what we got, but this sipping cream is quite delightful. Uh, it's like butter pecan. Mm-hmm. It's not quite Bailey's, but it's almost better. That's interesting. Um, I'm drinking black coffee because I'm still pregnant, and and people, you know, what would they say? It's people a stress- will talk. <laughs> it's a stressful time to not be able to have a drink after a shitty day. Frankly, I'm drinking for three. But right you now. know what? It's also fine because these days I get tired at 8.30. So bad day, just go to bed. <laughs> oh, I don't think I've been up past like 10.30. You were just up at like... Well, no, I was just going to say like, yeah, I was I was playing Skyrim for like an hour yesterday. But it, um, I'm a, a cat. Uh, I'm a Khajiit uh, based on our boy cat, Apollo. <laughs> So all I do is I break into stores and steal all the fish. Yeah. Uh, and Bellathor's Goods actually has a ton of fish. Or it might be the like a spell store. Like it's got like all like the mm-hmm. uh, the alchemy. The mm-hmm. alchemy store mm-hmm. has tons of fish. So I stole all the fish. But I didn't kill anybody, uh, which is surprising. Yeah. No, Apollo wouldn't do that. All right. To the pod. I think he would kill lots of people. He might. But wouldn't, wouldn't we all like to? 
I'll, I always quick save and, and then I kill for the thrill and then I reload yeah. and then I don't kill. Yeah. That's how um, soft I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. Back to the pod. Um, all right. So this week we've got an interesting topic for you. We're kind of struggling figuring out what to, to bring to you, you guys. That was still a little bit light and not like super COVID related or shitty world news related. So we got a good topic. Right. And I feel like January 6th is just like around the uh, corner, the past tense corner. Jesus, I was going to say again. We just just hit the curve, you know, around January 6th. But also, also um, something, 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 leave us a review, something, something, something. Yeah, I'll just. All the. Uh, housekeeping yeah a couple housekeeping items uh so if you've listened before you already know these um if you are into social media and you want to hang out with us we're on all your social media platforms like facebook twitter and instagram and uh, you can come hang out with us i've been a little bit quiet on those the last couple of weeks because shit's just been really busy but always respond to messages and um i appreciate when you all send me dank memes that's great uh if social media is not your thing and you want to send us an email you can do that at boost and confused podcast at gmail.com you can send us a creepy story some kind of encounter you've had i don't know always always interested the last housekeeping item and this should apply for every small guy podcast that you listen to uh, if you tune in regularly enough and you, you like the pod and you want to support, the best way that you can actually support is by uh, subscribing and leaving a review on your platform of choice, especially Apple Podcast. It really does make a difference. Um, probably every <laughs> uh, podcast that you listen to tells you about the algorithm, but that's really how other people can find the pod. So, Yeah, um, I guess Apple really does control the um said algorithm they (laughs) yep they do all right matt i just looked back at the notes what do you don't let my (laughs) mom see what i said so just so everybody knows don't say it no i won't say it i just have really bad baby brain the last like few days and i think it's a mixture of like sleep deprivation and also just like you know god knows what as i get closer to the third trimester so I have to look back at my notes a lot more. Um, and Matt has changed some of the words in the notes for today from electric cars to a type of genital. <laughs> but it's the funny one. It's, it's the funny one. It's not. It's God. not the other one. It's the funny one. <sighs> All right. So today we are talking about. Say it. I'm not talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that. Today we're talking about electric cars, but more specifically, General Motors EV1 electric car, which was only on the market for maybe three to five years. You blew it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying it. Do it. No. I'm blew not, it. I'm not saying it. Knew it. So without further ado, let's get into the General Motors electric car conspiracy. Yeah, you know, this is a a conspiracy that was, it was like brushed by me a couple of days ago. 
I was listening to another podcast. Which one was it? Oh, you know, I don't think oh, we can don't say, say it. it. I, don't I can't say it. Say no, it. It's 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 way it. too big. Or it's, you know, I just don't want to try and drive uh, listeners to them instead of us. <laughs> Shut it's up. It's just not fair. It's just not fair. God. Um, okay. You know, one of them lives in Texas. Mm-hmm. He loves DMT and hunting deer. Uh-huh. Uh, and the other one is a multi-billionaire mogul who launched his personal car into space. Oh, my God. It's Danny Mussey. Daddy Mussey. He's taking us to the moon. We go into the moon. No, he was he was talking briefly about the like electric car uh, potentially being a much larger part of our lives right now if it weren't for this. Yeah, I actually didn't know this until I was doing research for this topic today, but um, Elon Musk said that Tesla was launched as a result, essentially, of this like EV1 program. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I mean, also, mm-hmm. Elon Musk says a lot of shit, so. Oh, he's he's chaotic just... <laughs> neutral. He's chaotic Ch- neutral. Yeah. I don't think he's that bad. I don't think he's that good either. Well, I think anyone who owns a billion dollars or more is evil and should be eaten. But I also love the, I love him. The Daddy, Daddy, Mussey. Daddy Mussey. He wears, he wears little, um, what do you call those little things? Go on the neck. Like scarves, but not quite scarves. I have no idea what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. It's like little cowboys wear them. Got it. Uh, it's bandanas. <laughs> I don't think that was actually. Is it bandanas? I don't know. They wear them. I'm not spending any more Elon time Musk on this. Elon Musk wears them unironically, and this... he's kind of cute. But what? he's also he also explains things like a dick. Well, because he is a dick. No. Newsflash. Mm. Billionaire piece of shit is still a piece of shit. It's like, I don't think Joe Rogan's all that great either, but I also, he's like asking like legit questions, like like a normal guy, like, hey, how the hell do we get to space? And he's like, well, you know, it's not that hard. I actually, I, I spent like $3 billion uh, to make this thing uh, look like a, a giant rocket ship. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of funny. Like, I appreciate the humor. I appreciate <sighs> the humor, but I also want to eat Elon Musk. Yeah. Because he's a billionaire. Yeah. And I am not. All right. So, electric cars. Electric cars. Electric cars. This is something I thought about while I was on the roof shoveling snow because that's what I've been doing for the last three days. <laughs> <laughs> it's been rough in Chicago. The, the, the art that people created of how they imagined the year 2000 mm-hmm. where, where everyone's got flying shoes and uh, we're looking at people through like t- like screens on our telephones even though it's not quite like a FaceTime like you're holding this phone receiver but there's a screen they imagine we'd be flying in space by now mm-hmm. by the year 2000 look at us look at us bunch of chumps who'd have thought uh, me i i'd have thought yeah no uh but the the way people envision the future which is i guess now the past because it's 2021 now the way they envisioned the year 2000 and the things happening after the year 2000 they whether it's scientists or just artists or just people i wonder what they would think if they saw us right now 
Well, here's here's a some food for thought for everybody. What if it was possible that all these things that, you know, your your flying cars and your what have yous, what if those could have actually been our reality right now in 2021? Had it not been for maybe some technology suppression that was happening. You're saying that we could be like the Jetsons. We, yeah. Which I think there's some weird oblong theory that the Jetsons and the Flintstones were occurring simultaneously. Interesting. Because I think they had a show together. Maybe. Briefly. But that's wild. I, for one, entirely believe this. Yes. In fact. <laughs> In fact. Go <laughs> on. Go of, on, then. Kind of plays into today's topic about GM in general. So, um, I guess to, to kick off, electric cars right now are a very hot topic. Very it's, posh. Oh, my God. So hot right now. So hot. Um, <laughs> and so... You know, consumers are not just open to electric vehicles. They're embracing them, and, and companies are actually starting to adapt to that market demand, so much so that there's some estimate that maybe like 60% of cars on the market in 2040, so really just 20 years from now, will be electric, so more than half. No, no, it's 40 years from now. It's still the year, 2000. the year 2000. Stop <laughs> telling me otherwise. So... Um, to even expand off of that, some companies are just straight up going full electric. So General Motors plans to exclusively offer electric vehicles by 2035, which is a ways away, but it's around the corner. And Jaguar, not that I could ever afford a phone, not that I could ever afford to own one. Uh, they plan to be all electric by 2025. They have really cool, um, hood ornaments. Yeah. Their cars go zoom, zoom. All cars go zoom, zoom. Some of them. Ours does. Not the EV1. Yours doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yours is dead in the driveway. (laughs) So it's, I mean, you would think that this is good news. This like change in the market, switching over to electric cars, you know. Absolutely. uh, You know, but it's interesting because things haven't always been so positive for electric cars, you know. And it's, it's interesting because... Electric cars might seem like it's this really new technology and every company right now is trying to adapt to it, but the first mass-produced electric car actually goes back to 1996, and it's from General Motors, and they started mass-producing this car called the EV1, Uh, but production only lasted a few short years until it was canceled in 1999, and it wasn't just canceled, GM recalled and destroyed all of the cars. That's such a huge letdown because I was just going to ask you, like, you know, I haven't really seen any of these, and I see all these old. Oh, what was that car you used to drive? The, the Ford, Ford Taurus. Taurus yeah. I see so many of those jalopies flying around. They're still. a good car. Well, exactly. You made a good vehicle in the 1990s, and you could drive it easily into this decade. Yeah. So I think they, I think there's maybe something like 40 cars still around. I think they donated like 40 of these EV1s um, with the kind of like stipulation. We'll get into this later, but the stipulation that they could never be turned back on basically and like 
road safe again. Wait, so they're just kind of like, oh, here's what we made, but it's it's just junk now. Yeah. It's like a museum, like like uh, fodder. Yeah, pretty much. Hmm. Hmm. So the question that we are asking today is, was the EV1's cancellation caused by low consumer interest uh, and being ahead of its time, like a victim of its own success, uh, or was there something else at play? Perhaps some self-sabotage or involvement from big oil. Hmm. Hmm. You know, I don't mean to, hmm. you know what, no. I'm not that guy. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to poke at Texas. Yeah, you know, I think Texas... They're blaming the the uh, giant... Uh, wind turbines. The wind turbines as like a problem. It's... They're saying, oh, well, well they're, they're not yeah. working. Uh, the solar panels aren't working. The wind turbines aren't working. No, it's... There's so much more wrong going on in Texas yeah. right now than the renewable energy, the clean energy... Just give me all of it. Give me all the clean energy. If it's not working, give me a wind turbine in the backyard. Oh, God. Give me one giant solar panel to cover the entire backyard and a wind turbine on the garage. Yeah, that's perfect. All right. So, (laughs) all right. So, there's a few parts to this, like, EV1 story. And we're going to start first with how this program even came to be. So, Part of the inspiration for this project came from this concept car that GM put forward in 1990 called Impact. And it was this like electric car that they had, you know, put up as like a concept car. And it actually had this like amazing, favorable reception. Yeah, it's like too good, right? Too good. (laughs) So whoopsies, it went went way too well. And there's this board called the California Air Resources Board who's like, holy shit, this is a great idea. Like, we should totally just do this going forward. Wait, no. Let's keep burning forests. Let's keep... Let's let's stay on fire two months out of the year. And so um, this Air Resources Board that we'll call CARB from here on out um, mandates, like, creates this mandate that um, the production and sale of, like, zero emissions vehicles... Uh, is like a, a requirement for the seven major car manufacturers selling in the U.S. to continue selling their cars in California. GM at the time is like the largest of the seven, I think. And so part of the problem is that this mandate means that companies would be required to make at least 2% of its fleet emission-free by 98, 5% by 2001, 10% by 2003, in order to still be basically approved to sell cars in California. And so the reason that CARB put this mandate in place is because California had terrible air quality back then. It was like worse than the other 49 states combined. Had? Yes. Like past tense, had. I think they still have pretty horrible air quality. Probably. And you know what? Have you seen all those Lifetime movie <laughs> network movies? I've, I've seen most of them, yeah. I, I think I've seen all of them. Like, mm-hmm. half of them have cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. They all have these, like, really generic outfits. But they're all in California. Yeah. And they never acknowledge the fact that they're all wearing, like, gas masks. No. <laughs> they never acknowledge it. Shut, shut up. They never acknowledge God. the gas mask. Like, like, you get stabbed in the face mask, and it's just game over because you start breathing in the oxygen, and it's like, 
It's like half smoke. What kind of Lifetime movies are you watching? Like the sci-fi ones. All right. All right. So, so GM comes back and says like, oh shit. Okay. Well, we'll make like 5,000 of these impact cars. Let's make seven. (laughs) So in 1994, they start a program where 50 of these cars are like lent out for a week or two weeks to drivers. And GM did not expect the response that they got. So there's this program supervisor who's on the record uh, and says that he expected maybe like 80 people in LA to be interested. And they had to close the phone lines because they received more than 10,000 calls. Watch. It's just Ted Cruz yeah. just <laughs> prank calling. Oh, we want oil. Oh, oh. And so uh, New York City had like the same exact problem. They had 14,000 calls before the lines were closed. So what does that say to you? People are interested. We, yeah, in fracking, we need to keep oh digging deeper and deeper into the Earth's crust until we blow ourselves up. Yeah, so during this program, uh, the people who are driving these cars loved them. Their response is like overwhelmingly positive, very favorable. <laughs> and so GM is like praised by auto magazines for how freaking successful this car is. And they're like, hell yeah, GM, for like, leading the way into the electric vehicle you know world world industry basically so so gm is like yeah you know what it's actually not successful like at all mm. so there's this uh new york times front page article that has this quote that i'll read General Motors is preparing to put its electric vehicle act on the road and planning for a flop. With pride and pessimism, the company, the furthest along the of the big three in designing a mass-market electric car, says that in the face of California law that requires 2% of new cars to be zero-emission vehicles beginning in 1997, it has done its best but that the vehicle has come up short. Now it hopes that lawmakers and regulators will agree with it and postpone or scrap the deadline. Well, you want to know what the problem is? What's the problem? I think the Californian government was aware of all the smug that would have been produced by having these cars. Smug? Yes. Yeah, smug? smug? No, the smug is 10 times worse than smog. The, the, the smug South Park the... has an episode about <laughs> this. Pretty much, they say that the Californians love the smell of their own farts. And people who talk and say, mm, I want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. But they like close their eyes halfway through that sentence. That's a way bigger problem than actual like air pollution. Oh, my God. South Park. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to leave this podcast. They call it every time. South Park called it. All right. So so there's this report put together. And um, this this entire program for the impact car was called Preview. And GM views this preview program as a failure. And they say that this is completely evidence that the electric car, car isn't viable. Um, they say, like, oh, the carb regulation should be withdrawn. And, um, you know, the, there's this, like, GM at uh, – or not GM. There's a vice president at GM who questions whether consumers even want electric vehicles, right? Because they say, like, well, it's such a flop. Do people even want this? Um, And so there's a chairman of Chrysler who goes by the name of Robert James Eaton also says, like, I don't think the market is ready for electric cars. 
Um, so in 94, he says, if the law is there, we'll meet it. At this point of time, nobody can forecast that we can make an electric car. Right. So this is kind of interesting because you hear the, the front side of it, which is all these people saying they love the car, they want this car, um, you know, huge demand with all those people who are calling to be interested to where they shut down the phone lines. Um, and then GM on the back end is like, mm, no, not good. So GM gets a lot of flack for this. <laughs> They're like, no, 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 no. Too much potential money. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to send all those other car companies to bankruptcy. Yeah, exactly. We don't want that. Yeah, we want no. the competition. That's, we're, all, we're all in it together. That's capitalism Yeah, right there. So there's this guy named uh, Thomas Jorling, who's the Commissioner of Environmental Conservation for New York State. And at the time, New York State adopted California's emission program, basically. And so Jorling said, like, wait a second, this doesn't make sense. There's huge interest in these electric cars. But he says, quote, automakers did not want to render obsolete their multi-billion dollar investments in internal combustion engine technology. So you're saying that, like, oh, we have this really bright future of massive like progress and vehicle technology but Mm -hmm. no 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 all those years of regular cars we gotta respect that yeah i mean pretty much that the profitability is much higher for gm for their actual like normal fleet than the electric cars I love when car companies call the cars they sell fleets. Yeah. It sounds 10 times cooler that than... That sounds like Battlestar Galactica. It sounds like, yeah, Protect I was going to say like, like Rogue Squadron, Star Wars. Yeah. So, all right. So this program <laughs> ends. GM oh. destroys all the cars. And it's interesting and super important because this impact car paved the way for this EV1 car and the EV1 program. And so they take what they learned about the impact car, put it into EV1, and now they create the first generation EV1 car. An interesting thing to note that's really important about this program is that the car is only available through this like lease only agreement. It's like a pretty limited agreement that they have, but this program starts in 1996. You literally could not purchase this car. It was not allowed in the contract. Uh, And they roll this program out to like LA, Phoenix, Tucson as part of a market study to see how viable it even is, like how much interest there is. And this car, the first generation, had a range of somewhere between like 70 to 100 miles. So it's not like a car that you're going to take like, you know, cross country. But right. you, you could take it to and from work. Um, Maybe once. It, well, Jesus, how far is someone's commute? Oh, how much do I drive a day on oh, average to work? Too much. Too much. <laughs> too much. <laughs> I think I could survive this. Yeah. 100 miles a day. Uh, an interesting thing to note, uh, also kind of important, that leads into things later down the line, is these batteries were lead acid batteries. Uh, and oh. And... Oh. 
the car was kind of expensive. So the value was around thirty-four thousand uh, dollars in nineteen-ninety-six dollars. That's massive. Uh huh. And so to, to lease it every month, the cost was somewhere between like three ninety-nine to five forty-nine. That's and, yeah. that's not pocket change, right no. there. That's uh no. The whole pocket. That is, <laughs> that is the whole pocket. So, if we're <laughs> counting for inflation, that's like a fifty-six thousand dollar value in twenty twenty-one dollars, and the monthly leasing is actually anywhere from like six sixty-five to nine fifteen. Has has inflation blown up that much since the nineties? Um, yes. Like, I occasionally when I'm talking to my students, talking about like the value of something in like Shakespeare's era. And I don't know, I just type in like inflation calculator. I, I never look at the 90s because it's like my time. Yeah. I never look at that. Well, it's amazing what happens when, um, you know, it's been 30 years and wages haven't risen at all. But Well, look, I'm just saying I graduated <laughs> college with no debt and I bought a house for $8,000. <laughs> Actually, I have no college degree. <laughs> I built my own house with something I bought out of a Sears catalog. I found a guy, (laughs) and we just just kept on buying stuff from Sears catalog. Remember Sears? Oh, my God. Anyway, so uh, GM puts a ton of money behind promotion for this car's launch. They have uh, commercials that have, like, celebrities. They invest, like, millions of dollars, basically, into promoting this were they like look at these cars but you cannot have it you cannot buy them this is illegal to buy them what i don't think they're is this a german accent i always i always turn car companies into like germans i don't know why i yeah i don't think general motors is a it's general motors (laughs) it's like flula i think of flula i think of him yeah selling all the cars and i want that all right. He could sell me anything. I would buy it. Yeah. Call me Flula. Okay. I'm not going to do that. Don't call me Flula. I, I'm not nearly handsome enough all or right. German enough so, for that. So GM does all this promotion around the car. And they do get some criticism, you know, like the limited miles, the batteries, the cost. And uh, Joe Kennedy, who's their VP of marketing for Saturn, which is like a, a sub company of GM, if you will. Um says, let us not forget that technology starts small and grows slowly before technology improves and costs go down. And that's incredibly accurate. That's, I mean, if you look at the timeline of like any technological piece of anything. Look at the Zune. That, oh. oh. The Zune was truly ahead of its time. That was the superior MP3. You know what? I'm not starting this right now because I could do an entire podcast episode about why the zune was so much better why don't we do an episode very soon on the zune <sighs> and we can call in kyle oh god kyle loved the zune all right so there's other concerns <laughs> that come up and i i'm gonna say concerns with like loose quotes here whoosh, whoosh. so there are some anti-taxation groups who are against the exemptions and like the tax credits that the people who were leasing these cars received. And they said, you know, it it was basically the government subsidizing motoring for people who were affluent enough to be able to afford these cars. I understand. I, I, I get that point. But the part that's a little bit sketchy, some of these groups, <laughs> 
There is a group called Californians Against Utility Company Abuse, which is a fake consumer organization. Not real. Wow. (laughs) Um, They were accused of receiving their funding from oil companies who were interested in keeping gas cars on the roads. Mm. Mm. Now you've got my attention. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And so... um, There were also concerns that the car had received only a limited launch because GM made a deal with CARB, that that board, California board, um, to delay the implementation of the first phase of that program, which had been scheduled to go into effect in 98. So drivers are getting their EV1s and they love them. Again, like the impact cars, They, they love these cars. They love the program. And in the first generation, they leased 288 of these cars. And what was kind of good news to GM is that consumers had adopted these cars to their lifestyles. It wasn't just like this novelty thing that people were keeping around Mm -hmm. and trying to be like, oh, look at me. I have this I'm part of the solution and (laughs) not part of the problem. Um, But they create this like loyal fan base. Like they literally have fanboys. For these cars. That's how much people loved them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have you seen the Jeep like hand signal program? I no. Jeep people you know you know, Jeep, the, the brand Jeep wants the Jeeple. The people who drive yeah, Jeeple people <laughs> to have a certain hand gesture towards other Jeep drivers. Like the motorcycles do. And then you know, Subaru drivers are like, Oh, I see a Subaru over no, there. No, that's I think that's just us. <laughs> Oh, look, look at them. Do they like being outside too? So, so like I had mentioned, um, the promotion that they put behind this car is enormous. One of the freaking commercials even won an Emmy. What? Right? Okay. Back in the 90s? And so then as this project keeps going, the promotion just dwindles to like really niche channels for TV ads. Uh, they do like some direct mail, some print, and these people who are fanboys of the EV ones. Did you write EV one stands in the notes? Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, EV one stands. So they start to, you know, I gotta stay hip with the kids. So they start to get suspicious about this because they're like, "You've got this amazing car. We all love it. Why are you not doing more to promote it?" And they start becoming nervous that this limited promotion basically that gm had dwindled down to is going to like ruin any potential for additional consumer interest this is like the gamestop stock oh maybe during the uh, great memeology of oh, of God. late january we going to the moon this is the same thing <laughs> gme and gm I'm seeing a pattern here. You know what's funny is I had GME on my mind so much that a couple times when I was doing research for this, instead of typing GM, I typed in GME and then got very mixed results. You know, what is GME at right now? I don't know. I'm I'm not it's doing this. Probably pretty bad. So one of the drivers who is like a huge fan of the EV1, he's a cinematographer for Star Trek Voyager. And his oh. name is Marvin Rush. Oh. And he loved his EV1 so much and wanted this program to succeed. He put 20000 freaking dollars of his own money to put in these like unofficial radio commercials for the car. 
Well, when you are the producer and writer of Star Trek, what is it? Voyager. Voyager, yeah. which was arguably the third best franchise of Star Trek. <laughs> you can afford that. Yeah, maybe. So, side note for that, GM is basically like, okay, yeah, we'll adopt these to be like actual radio spots uh, and like like official advertisement. And I, I want to say they reimbursed them. I can't remember exactly. But sure hope so. Yeah. Um, okay, so second generation EV-1 comes around in 1999 and they make some improvements over the first generation. So there's like lower production costs. It's a little bit quieter. Um, you know, they reduce the, the weight on the car and they change the batteries. So I'm not going to get into like the battery specifics because I don't really understand them. But um, oh. basically the, the new batteries um, where the old batteries could be like 70 to 100 miles an hour or not. Oh, geez, not miles an hour. No, miles like total. total. Yeah. Total. Um, the new batteries could be 100 to 140 miles total. And that is charges. that is a, a pretty good improvement. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's an improvement. So they extend this leasing program to San Diego, Sacramento, Atlanta. Price doesn't really change. It's like still three ninety nine to five seventy four in ninety nine dollars. And they make four hundred and fifty seven of these cars, um, and they lease them out for the second generation. And so come March two thousand. They issue a recall for 450 first-gen EV1s because of a faulty charge port cable that could lead to a fire. <laughs> Whoops. Oh. Uh-oh. So they refit about 200 of these new batteries, issue them back to the drivers on these, like, new leases, basically. And they changed the lease, and they added this, like, limited mileage clause to the lease. So... I mean, you would think that, like, things are kind of going well, right? Except, like, maybe the car fire part. But in general, people love these cars. And they're the way of the future. And there's demand for more. But just kidding. Nope. So <laughs> it's over. Nope. <laughs> it's over. Game over. So despite how well-received these cars are, GM decided it's just too unprofitable. And in 2003... They canceled the program, pretty much saying that they couldn't sell enough cars to make it profitable for them. And there's not enough demand. A sketchy part of this entire thing is that uh, pretty much the state of California had this requirement that pretty much said you need to maintain a supply and service infrastructure for like at least 15 years for these cars. Um and so because GM didn't want to do that, they would not renew any of the existing leases. Um, the cars would just all have to be returned to GM, basically. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So they end the program. They end the program. Classic. They take all the cars back and they crush almost all of them. That was their choice of demolition, which, I mean, I don't really know how else they would demolish them i guess launching them into space <laughs> well i don't think daddy messy was involved with um that yet i think he was still bald back in the 90s Ooh, 
I think he was balding. Ooh, a bald Elon Musk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was balding pretty aggressively in the 90s. Ooh, I'll have to look this up. And he had another wife who wasn't a, like, musician. Oh, what is her name? What's her name? Uh, I don't know. Tip of the tongue. It's on the tip of the tongue. I'm just going to shout it out at some point. Okay, great. (laughs) So people, again, literally cannot say it enough. The people who have these cars loved them so much, they offered to buy them from GM to save them. And they couldn't do that. And it wasn't allowed. And at least 58 of these drivers sent letters and checks to GM, like asking for extensions, uh, like at literally no cost to GM. And they agreed to be responsible for like any maintenance or repair. They just wanted to keep the freaking cars. That was it. They just love the car so much they wanted to keep them. It's Grimes. Oh, Her name God, is Grimes. I know it was and like their kid's name is X A twelve Ash or something like yeah. that. It's Grimes. Sorry for <laughs> taking away the the flow of the pod. It's like X Ash A twelve. So basically what sounds like could be like another electric car in the future. No, he explained he explained it in a pod, but it's just so extra. Super extra. And Speaking so of extra. <laughs> um, yeah, so people loved these cars so much that they literally were just begging GM and throwing money at them to allow them to keep the cars and like with no liability to GM. Because these people were saying, like, we don't care if you won't service them. We just want to keep the car. That's gotta be like it's like a, a dream scenario right. for a company. Right. You mean we can just sell you something for tens of thousands of dollars and there's no upkeep on our end? Yeah. Yeah. Bet. And so sign so, me up. So GM is like, nah, that's fine. Return the check uh, and pretty much force everyone to return their cars anyways. And yeah, there's still something like 40 ish in existence and all but one are completely um, disabled. Bricked? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they've been bricked. So they, they sent these uh, cars out, and they're mostly in like museums. They have one um, at Disney World, I think. And one, oh. of the, one of the stipulations is pretty much that they uh, deactivate the electric powertrain so that the cars couldn't be driven on the road. You better only drive them... Via clean, clean coal or gas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the only one that's actually intact is delivered to the Smithsonian, which is kind of neat. I mean, it is is both neat, but it's also kind of infuriating that they gave up. Yeah. I mean, so GM just keeps saying, like, no, there's just not enough demand to, you know, keep going. Sorry. You know, here's where things get really sketchy. <gasps> Things get sketchy? If they haven't been sketchy already. Things are kind of sketchy. They're a little sketchy. Like, I I always kind of assume that things are sketchy to begin with. Like, just being alive is sketchy. <laughs> and so it can only get worse from just existing. Yeah, the bare minimum is sketchy enough. Are you alive? All right, this is sketchy. It's, it's a little sketch. Is there someone on the other side of the phone? Uh, this is pretty sketchy. sketch. Are you calling me to check on my auto insurance? <laughs> this is pretty sketchy. Your car's extended warranty. <laughs> <laughs> We've been trying to contact oh, you about your car's extended God. warranty. Lady, I know you're scaring us. Uh, all right. So 
Um, there's a ton of critics of GM at this point and people who are like these big uh, electric vehicle fans pretty much say that GM feared uh, electric vehicle technology because the cars would cut into the um, profitable spare parts market, particularly because electric cars have, you know, a lot less moving parts than the normal vehicles in their fleet. Which is like I could I could yeah, definitely see this that argument. Makes some sense, yes. And so critics also say that when CARB, that <laughs> that airboard in California, um, mandated that electric vehicles be made up of um, or that the electric vehicles make up a certain percentage of the fleet of their sales, um, GM was nervous that the success of the EV1 would encourage unwanted regulation in other states. So pretty much other states would see how successful California was with this. Uh, and, you know, also New York because they adopted the same sort of program. And they were concerned that other states would start following that sort of regulation, which would put a damper on things for them. So what you're saying is other states would see, oh my gosh, look how good this is mm-hmm. let's start pushing companies to also maybe go this way in mm-hmm. production mm-hmm. so in all intents and purposes we're we're looking towards a, a greener future oh but that's not but financially the margins bro oh this this gets me so this ruffles my jimmies so massively yeah this ruffles my jimmy so much (sighs) so so gm and these other automakers i think they they said there were like seven giants at the time um battled against this emissions board uh and like took them to federal court to sue them over these regulations basically and so there's these hearings in 2000 and gm just says you know what there's just really not enough interest in the ev1 and that means that we can't meet your sales requirements for your mandate so we're sorry and gm and toyota commissioned this study and according to their study (laughs) according to their study um you know the consumers would only choose an electric car over a gas car if it was like significantly less money than um a compar- a comparable gas car i mean like even even now i would say that an electric car costs more than a gas car i mm-hmm. mean thinking of tesla as like a like a baseline for electric cars well part of the reason that tesla's are so expensive is when you buy one elon musk comes to your house and he kisses you uh, on the good, mouth good night on the cheek oh does it cost more if it's on the mouth <laughs> i'll pay it I'll, i will pay it i don't know maybe the forehead and the mouth does he like hold my face as well no i don't think it's sensual at all i think it's purely <sighs> business even if it weren't sensual just elon musk Maybe I could just have him explain something to me kind of super condescendingly. Super to you. condescendingly. 
All right, so clouds. This is how they work. All right, it's pretty simple. All right, so this- thanks, thanks, Daddy Elon. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't, don't. I just, I know they're expensive right now, and they're still expensive, and it, it feels like Tesla is kind of like restarting the movement of this again. Even though I know, I mean. The car you have in the driveway is partially electric. Mm-hmm. It's electric. Yep, I was doing it right. I was doing it right the entire time. Um, I don't know. You just gotta cut the cord to big gas. You just gotta cut the cord. Like, oil's oil. It's done. It's done. It's over. All right, before we dive any further, we're going to take a break and what? listen to a word from our sponsors. Uh, Shell Gas. Did I- <laughs> BP. Damn it. Yeah. BP. Today's, today's was that the joke? Yeah, that was the joke. <laughs> we have. Oh, good. We're oh, sorry for good. dumping tons and tons of oil in the ocean. But here's yeah. the good news. We're really sorry. Yeah, we're really sorry. Look at this Dawn commercial that shows the cute little duckies. We paired with, uh, what's that soap company? Dawn. Dawn. And we, look at this duck. This duck is covered in oil. It's totally our fault. But now it's okay. Oh, my God. And now we're going to sell the picture of the duck and make millions of dollars. All right. So we're getting back to this study. So so GM and Toyota does this study. It's and we're little, back. It's a little sus. <laughs> and so there is an independent study that uh, the California Electric Transportation Coalition um, commissions, and it's conducted by the Green Car Institute and the Doring Company automotive market research firm, uh, they find super different results, which Hmm. I don't think is shocking. Hmm. Uh, So the study used the same research methodologies uh, employed by the auto industry to identify markets for its gas vehicles, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, and they found that the annual consumer market for EVs uh, were to be about 12 to 18 percent of the new uh, light duty vehicle market in California, amounting to annual sales between 151,000 and 226,000 electric vehicles, approximately 10 times the quantity specified specified by the mandate. Well, of course. Yeah. Okay. So the study did point out kind of important note that the um increased range you know it should be sold at prices closer to regular gas vehicles ra- rather than like you know it's like premium yeah exactly it's brutal it's brutal yeah and i mean i i think that still today like i would have purchased an electric vehicle at this oh. point had it not been so much more expensive than the actual car that you we know, bought. i think we were just talking about this yeah it's we like, were. yeah, we bought the Subaru. I love the Subaru. I love all the glances I get from the people on the road. Like, oh, I don't this think, guy loves being outdoors. I don't, <laughs> I don't think Wait, people do that. Wait, that's a guy driving the car? Oh, my God. Stop. Yeah, it's me. I was saying, like, I think our next car will end up being, like, an electric, a fully electric vehicle. Yeah. I could. I mean, I could see it. I and enjoy then, the hybrid I have right now. but And then we could be like, I like being part of the solution. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Not part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I smell my own farts and yeah. stuff. Well, you do that anyways as a super Excuse owner. Excuse you? Yeah. Okay, yeah. 
But I don't have any of those stickers like, you know, oh, my first Subaru. I don't have that. We, we could. We just hit 10,000 miles on that vehicle. Yeah. Well, right now we're part of the problem. But, like, we also like being outdoors. <laughs> we also like being outdoors, so it's okay. All right. So these hearings, right, automakers come together, and they're like, look at this hydrogen vehicle. What? It's a better alternative to the gas car, right? And, you know, they're talking about all this, like, hydrogen research that's happening. And people who are at these hearings, and especially part of this, um, you know, like the members of the CARB hearing community or committee uh, were like, wait a second, this is kind of sketchy. And they pretty much think that the automakers are trying to like swindle them into thinking that hydrogen is like an alternative, like a viable alternative to electric cars and gas cars when it's not at all. They were basically like overselling how great Hydrogen, hydrogen cars. Yeah. I don't. I don't mean to hijack the notes of the episode. Oh, you didn't do that enough by writing uh, penis cards. No, oh, don't tell my mom <laughs> that. Mom, I'm sorry. It's immature. I know, but it's it's a classic joke. It's funny when it becomes an adjective instead of a noun. You get it. You're smart. You get it. I'm sorry, mom. Nobody else. Just to my mom. Nobody else. You can. Imp- I'm sorry. No, I was <laughs> – there's no stopping this now. we got to keep this going here. We're not cutting this. We're I not... think I, this is an unedited This episode. is unedited. The cats are sleeping. We're not doing this. No, I was I was going to say I've um, – I think it was Reddit maybe. People who, who make these water engines, which is essentially hydrogen engines, where they basically use water to power their cars. And that's all I've got on that. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know anything about this. I am an. I am an English teacher. I talk about poetry and shit. I'll talk I about similes and metaphors. Go. And I just finished reading the Odyssey for the fifteenth time. And as you can see, this hydrogen car is a hydrogen car because, because of, you can tell the way that it is. Because of the way because that it is. Because there's two H's, and H means hydrogen allegedly. Oh my God. No. They've been no, I mean like these guys have actually like modified their cars to take in water and not gasoline. And I think that's awesome. But then you think of things like the hydrogen bomb and how destructive they are. That's crazy. All right. Oh, she didn't stop the recording there. This is, <laughs> this is a good sign. Either she's given up or it's a good tangent for her. God. All right. So, carb. This California board. I avoid those when I'm when I'm eating food. <laughs> it's my favorite food group. I will tell you. Uh, sourdough bread. <laughs> At six months pregnant, the amount of sourdough bread that I've eaten, I could I could actually put together the amount of loaves that I've eaten of sourdough bread, and uh, it's probably about eighty percent of the baby right now. So, so carb rolls back these deadlines. A ton of times already basically to um try to like meet these car companies halfway because they keep saying like oh we're not ready oh we're not ready <laughs> and so, sorry please no <laughs> so in 2001 it uh proposed these amendments that would basically like give 
these car manufacturers credit for producing these like higher advanced technology cars that would like start to pave the way right so maybe you don't jump right away into producing ev1 as like 40 percent of your fleet maybe you start with like hybrid cars you know and car manufacturers are like oh you're relaxing the rules okay so they pretty much just challenge the entire regulation as a result (laughs) oh you mean things are chill yeah oh all right we'll see you guys in court Glenn Lerner. <laughs> Glenn Lerner is our, our lawyer. <laughs> so GM and Chrysler file this suit against uh, CARB. And uh, they actually successfully argue that the method of determining whether or not a vehicle qualified uh, for this program used the, the car's fuel economy as one of the standards in addition to reduced emissions. Um, according to federal law, states are barred from regulating Uh, fuel economy in any way and now we have hummers (laughs) now we have hummers that get six miles a gallon and you look like a douche kind of yeah absolutely kind of shout out to all the hummer drivers who oh how are you guys doing (laughs) how are you doing are you okay you want to talk about it four dollar gallon gas prices you can hit me up on um tumblr yeah yeah, we'll we'll, we'll I got talk, one about, of those. talk about our feelings there. I've got one of those. You could totally use mine. Let's just like recycle it. So there's this judge that pretty much rules the provision unconstitutional, um, prevents the like implementation of these amendments in 2001, and the mandate is modified. And they say that um, you know it's it's modified to a point where it's basically doable for the car companies we'll get into the specifics but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the uh you know gm also cites the elimination of the zero emissions mandate as a factor in the program's cancellation (laughs) we sued you to shit to make sure that this was illegal and now it doesn't exist anymore and therefore we now have no reason to have this electric car program god bunch of assholes Okay, so the entire thing at this point is that GM is now widely accused of lobbying against the mandate in an act of deliberate self-sabotage. And that's and that's the entire that's the entire thing for today. Did GM self-sabotage so that that like the electric cars in the 90s would not be successful? I think this can be answered. In the same vein of did Ted Cruz go on vacation <laughs> during the most uh, chaotic weather pattern in Texas history? Yes. Okay. Well, yes. there we go. There's the episode. Sorry, Ted. Fuck you, Ted Cruz. The. Uh, sorry, mom. The. Uh, Whenever I swear on the pod, I gotta say sorry to my mom. Zodiac killer. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this video of of him. Do you remember when he was trying to be president and he was like running for it and someone like had a picture of like Yes. He was holding the Ted yep. Cruz as a zodiac yep. killer. He just stares dead at it. Mm-hmm. That's kinda like when Trump called his wife fat and ugly. Uh, yeah. And he's like, <laughs> You got a point there, Donnie boy. Well, I'm uh almost surprised that when he was called out for taking that trip down to Cancun, he didn't just 
say like, well, my ugly wife made me do it. <laughs> right? No, he threw his daughter yeah, under the, the daughters. bus. Daughters. Yeah. I think oh, is... oh, is he hashtag girl dad? Maybe. <sighs> yeah. So that's uh, this is not a Ted Cruz pod. This I is not a Zodiac, not a Zodiac killer pod, uh, and really not a political pod. No, nope, but I hate that guy. Everything these days just blends right together. As all things are bound to do when you are stuck to pretty much your house, Mariano's, and uh, working from home. Yeah. So that's today's pod. Uh, I'm coming to the conclusion, in my mind, that I think GM absolutely sabotaged its own program in order to have an excuse to continue with the gas cars. Uh, because it's more profitable for them. Less regulation, more profitability, better margins. Which, again, leads me to the idea that money is laughably stupid, that we give value to nothing. Yeah. Nothing means anything. Yeah, except that air fryer you got me for Valentine's Yo, Day. Yo, that thing's dope. That means a lot. Yo, Money is worthless, but, <laughs> but air, air fried potatoes, <laughs> that's life. That is that is life. <sighs> but money is worthless. Yeah. That's what we're saying? We're in agreement? Yeah. Mm. So I would be curious to hear what everybody else thinks about this. I absolutely am in agreement with the mentality of this episode Mm -hmm. is that uh, these massive companies are, are just, why are they gripping? I I don't know. It's it's really more like a question than it is like an answer. It's like, why are they gripping onto this like dying market when in reality they could be, growing a new one that is much more sustainable and is good like what kind of world do you want to leave behind when you're dead in oh they don't give a shit they're gonna be dead in 20 years they don't give a shit who's that turtle in the government guy mitch mcconnell what's he gonna do in 15 years he's gonna be in the ground he's gonna be be worms food yeah worms meat well, That's I all we are. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't. Oh, I don't, I don't. Mercutio was right. <laughs> they have made worms meat of me. I don't particularly love um, Mitch McConnell. Romeo and Juliet. No, I don't love Mitch McConnell. I don't love Mitch He's McConnell. He's a dick. This is an unedited pod, but I just had to stop and edit out uh, some of Matt's vile words coming I'm out so of his mouth. I'm so angry. I'm just so angry about. The capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I'm just I'm just so angry. All right. Well. Well. Maybe a little hangry. Yeah. Prob- I don't know. Probably a little hangry. I'm making some really nice food after this. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm, I'm making a baby, so. And I'm making some pasta. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's all we got for this week's episode. I know it's a little bit longer than usual, but Is I it? think... Yeah, we're this at, one flew for me. We're at about an hour. Well, I'm sure booze helps with that. You wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Well, me and Daddy Elon going <laughs> to the moon. Daddy Elon's coming to kiss me goodnight on the forehead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Purely business. All right. Well, hope you enjoyed today's episode. 
if you even made it this far, congratulations. Uh, there's a lot going on this week. But thanks so much for joining us. We drop new episodes every Monday, and we hope to see you again next week. She said every Monday. We actually missed one Monday, so we we drop most Mondays. I will still go with every Monday. So, all right. I just go by the stats. Most right. Mondays. Bye. Bye.